today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Last week, uh, the education minister was on our program. Uh, minister Lisa Thompson uh, appeared on the program and uh, told us that in, in reaction to the frustration that a lot of boards of education were talking about and some teachers' unions, and we've been having those discussions on the program for the last couple of weeks, she said that uh, her government, the Doug Ford government, is uh, setting aside an extra $1.6 billion in what they call attrition protection to make sure that, uh, as they said, no teacher would involuntarily lose their job because of the changes that they're making to the education system. Well, uh, let's put that, and I, I mentioned at the time, by the way, that I said that's that's fabulous, but I want to hear from the boards and see how this is going to impact them. Uh, I'm not so sure that they know yet. We told you here on CHML News that the Hamilton Board of Education is already sending layoff notices to 99 teachers as a result of these cuts. The Catholic Board, by the way, uh, still has sent out 42 surplus notices as well. So let's get some clarity on this, find out just how this is impacting the boards and the decisions they're going to have to make because of this. And uh, to that end, we're pleased to welcome Alex Johnstone, who is the chair of the Hamilton Board of Education, back to the program to give us some some light on this. Uh, Alex, thank you for uh, spending some time with us on a very busy day, I'm sure. Good morning, Bill. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, there's a lot of concern and a lot of consternation, I think, from from parents, from students and and teachers, and, and certainly from the boards of education right across the province about this. Uh, and maybe the first question I'll ask you is in response to what the minister told us here last week on the program, does this $1.6 billion that they have set aside fix your problem? So yesterday was a, a very challenging day. We informed 99 secondary teachers that they were declared redundant. Um, as a result, uh, they will be moving into other pools. Um, so we have a long-term occasional pool as well as a supply list. Um, at this point, um, as we're working through our numbers, we are anticipating around 35 individuals who will retire. Um, however, that falls short of the uh, of the 99. Um, where the minister was um, highlighting the attrition funding, that applies to changes made to secondary school class sizes. Um, at this point, we're still seeking clarification if that funding will also apply to the other areas, um, such as program and funding grants that have been cut um, or reduced, and if that funding can also apply to those areas. I, I guess one of the questions, and I if you're one of those teachers that got the notice, uh, you you want to get some clarity on that too. Now you say you can move them into other pools. What does that do to? Uh, how does that affect their income? So it um, it has an impact on their benefits. It certainly has an impact on their job security. Uh, not knowing if they will have a job, it also creates a lot of disruption across the system as we begin to move teachers. Um, out of our schools. It's equivalent um, of the 99 teachers that have received redundancy um, notices. It's equivalent to just over two high schools worth of staff. And the list goes back to around six years um, of employees who have been working with our board. So as you can see, as we begin to move individuals out of schools where they've been providing programs, where they have had um, meaningful relationships with our students, it creates a lot of disruption across the system. You know, you raise an interesting point here that I'm not hearing much from the ministry about it, and that's the fact that they seem to be looking at some of the th things that are being impacted. As you mentioned, it could be uh, some programs, it could be uh, different classes that are being taught. Uh, some other services that are available. Uh, you can't look at these things in isolation. I mean, when they make cuts like this and they decide, okay, this is the way it's going to be and this is the way you're going to be funded now, uh, it impacts all of these things, not just one or two of them. Uh, 
That's correct. It's, um, we are looking locally. Um, um, trustees have been doing everything within our power in order to keep the HWVSB family together. We have also um, been looking at ensuring that uh, where possible, we are moving around funding to ensure a diverse selection of our courses, um, as well as maintaining our special education services. We have a variety of classes that are traditionally lower in class size. Um, so we want to ensure that those classes continue to remain uh, small for health and safety reasons, especially with our tech programs um, and our special education programs. But that's that's an interesting aspect of this as well. I mean, if you're going to maintain those smaller classrooms to maintain that average that the government's and the, the, the ministry is now set, uh, you could have other classrooms that are going to have 40 or maybe 40-plus students in them. But, well, that's exactly it. Um, as we continue to work towards the class size average um, that was just increased by the government, um, it's not equal across the system, and that's where uh, we are where we have some classes that are traditionally kept smaller, as I highlighted for health and safety reasons. I think at the end of the day, um, our school board, um, our board of trustees is continuing to be uh, a clear and effective voice for our local needs. We will continue to communicate to our parents, to our students, and to our staff on uh, the changes that are resulting locally. We're also uh, can, will continue to communicate our local needs to the province and offering our um, offering the government to, to work with us um, while uh, these changes are being introduced so that they can be done so in a way that um, uh, perhaps uh, is not so negative on, on their student body or um, where the some of these changes could be rolled out a lot slower. Alex, yesterday on the program we were talking with uh, Harvey Bischoff, who is the president of the Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation. I'm sure you're familiar with Harvey. Uh, and he suggested what he was actually hearing now is that in some instances uh, schools are, are going back to the students and saying you're going to have to change uh, the courses that you want to take right now because we're not so sure that those are going to be available for you in September. So they're going to have to have different options all of a sudden. Are you, are you facing something like that? Do you anticipate that could happen in the Hamilton board? We are. Um, locally, our um, guidance counselors are having conversations with um, our students. I did receive an email last night with regards to a parent whose son had been informed that the course he was hoping to take was no longer going to be offered. At this point, we are wanting to track the changes to ensure that um, uh, between what is a typical year um, where a change that's resulting from typical changes where there just hasn't been enough interest versus uh, changes that are resulting from increased class sizes. Um, so that is information that the board will be looking to provide um, to the public and to the ministry as we continue to move forward. Um, but we are having some, uh, uh, I guess, disappointing conversations with our students already. Yeah, because let's face it, this is a huge difference. It's one thing to say, well, sorry, so-and-so, uh, we're not going to offer that course because you're the only one that was interested in it, as opposed to coming to them and saying, I know there's a great deal of interest in this and it's a great course, but we just can't afford to do it anymore. We want to be fair, open, and transparent as we as we move through this process uh, with regards to how the changes are impacting our board locally. 
Well, absolutely, in fairness to the students, but at the same time, you've got to look at the reality of, of what's happening here from the ministry at the same time. And and we're getting mixed messages here, Alex, and we in the public here, I think, are, are getting a little frustrated by this. I'm sure you are, even more so, because these are having a direct impact on you. You know, we had the minister tell us the other day that the funding envelope for uh, for the education ministry has actually increased. Uh, and he, she says that's a great thing, but now we find out that the, the, the funding per student uh, for the boards is actually da- going down this year as opposed to where it was last year. Uh, mm-hmm. How does that impact the kind of services and the kind of programs you can deliver if you're getting less money and, and with, more, with bigger classrooms? It certainly has an impact. Um, at this point, our, our Board of Trustees, we're continuing to work through our budget process. Our bu- final budget will be passed in June. Um, we are, um, as we're continuing to go through the information, it has been a challenge. Um, the information or the, our budget details arrive to us a uh, month late than what we traditionally receive them. And that meant that our board had to start moving forward, putting together a very conservative budget um, in the hopes that additional monies would be awarded to us. Um, now that we have finally received our budget details, it's, it is going through line by line to determine what um, the local impact was, where we can start to um, add money or where we need to move money um, as according to our local priorities, uh, which is to keep a focus on our students, keep a focus on our special education programming, ensuring diverse course selection. Um, it's been a challenging budget process overall, just because of the delay with with communication. I think that um, uh, as we move forward, though, we will continue to communicate. It's We are concerned. We're concerned locally about the impact that the changes are going to have on our students. In Hamilton in particular, we have a very vulnerable population. We have one of the highest levels of students who access special education services. 26% of our students access special ed. Um, we have uh, one in five students who are coming from impoverished households, and we also have an extremely um, high population of students who have English as a second language. So when you're starting to look at the diverse um, backgrounds that our students are coming from, we are worried about the local impact of the changes that are coming down to us. You know, you use the expression uh, as we go forward. I think a lot of people right now are concerned that uh, that, that we're moving backward here uh, because of some of these reforms that are going on. This uh, this goes beyond challenging right now. This is problematic where you're going to have to make some tough decisions and uh, about a number of different things that you're going to have to do here. Uh, it's 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 beyond challenging really to see what's going to happen. And and I, I guess a lot of parents that I'm hearing from anyway, Alex, are very concerned about what this the whole thing is going to look like when, when this all rolls out. Once you get your budget done. Uh, what kind of services you're going to be offering. Uh, the other element to this, too, that I, I couldn't get a straight answer from the minister on, uh, when she was on the program last week, is what about those support services? What about teaching assistants and the people that are helping out in the classroom? You're going to get larger classrooms. You're having less money. Uh, there's a concern among many of those, and I'm sure you've heard from them now, too, that uh, that they could lose their jobs, and, and, and all of a sudden that's going to put that much more pressure in the classroom. Well, in locally in Hamilton, um For the past three terms, we have been communicating to the ministry that there needs to be a review of special education funding in the province. Um, Boards like ourselves, where we have 26% of our students who are accessing special education services, the funding does not match. It is not... 
per student. It's based on an assumption of a percentage of students who who would be receiving the funding, but it is not actual numbers. And with that, that is where our board annually tops up our special education budget by two to three million. So we move money from other envelopes in order to support our special education programming. And um, it supports not just the students who are in receipt of the services, but the entire class. Um, we do have concerns, as, as highlighted. It's, there was a real opportunity here for um, this new government to come in and uh, make some changes that would, uh, especially with regards to special education, and um, uh, we hope as we continue to move forward and uh, work with this government that uh, we will uh, see some uh, changes that we are advocating for locally. When you talk about special needs and special education, uh, and I've talked to you about this in the past, Alex, the Hamilton Board especially uh, offers some incredible programs that uh, that people that are in that situation can, can access. Uh, and it's not always classroom learning. It can be a, a specialized learning processes and specialized programs. And, and you've done an outstanding job of making sure that you capture those people and give them a chance at, a, at an education at the same time. Are, are those being threatened now because of the, the way that things are being changed from, from Queen's Park? So locally, we are looking to protect our special education services. Um, that is in our most vulnerable students. So that is paramount. Um, and that is where trustees are going to be making some decisions locally uh, with regards to moving money around where we are able to uh, in order to protect um, those services. We will uh, work hard. Our staff are exceptional here at HWDSB, and we will continue to find ways to support our students. Um, we have concerns. Um, um, all that said, we do have concerns, and uh, part of what we do as a Board of Trustees is we highlight what our local needs are, and we'll continue to communicate that to the province, and locally, we will ensure that we continue to keep parents informed. So we don't know yet. That's the bottom line here, until you can actually get a look at some of these numbers. Well, we, we're continuing to move through the budget process uh, into June. But it is going to be a priority then, those special needs programs. Absolutely. As it has been in the past. So I, I just want to be clear on this so, so our listeners understand exactly what's going on. Uh, that, that You've given up these notices right now, these, these 99 notices to, to 99 different teachers. Uh, you do expect some attrition, some retirements, but uh, you, this, mm-hmm. the number you're throwing around here and, and you guys are working with right now is in the low 30s. So we anticipate 35 individuals will retire. Um, So of the 99 redundancies that were declared yesterday, um, we know that 27 are resulting from declining enrollment and two are from school consolidation. The remaining is a result of the various changes that are coming from um, coming from the ministry. And so with that, um, uh, this year, we, we actually would have been in a position to hire six new um, secondary school teachers and the funding remained the same. Uh, unfortunately, we're now in a position where we are announcing uh, 99 redundancies. And, and I'm just trying to do the math in, in my head here as you're explaining that to us. And, and by my calculation, and I'm not a math genius at all, uh, that still leaves about 37 teachers vulnerable here that, that may not have worked next year. That's correct. I think um, as we continue to move forward, um, we may receive additional um, retirements. We may receive fewer retirements. Um, but as we continue to to move forward, 
Um, we will um, be looking for, um, we'll, we'll be looking to ensure that staff are offered positions and recalled back as soon as positions become available. But in the meantime, as you mentioned, uh, they, they, there's going to be a, an impact on their benefits. I, I assume there's going to be an impact on the salary, isn't there? So um, these individuals, where opportunities are available, um, they will be offered um, positions in our long-term occasional pool as well as our supply pool. But as you can imagine, there is certainly an impact on on um, pay on um, as well as benefits in most importantly, job security. But will you be able to find, just to go back to that number that we talked about, Alex, will you, and I, and by the way, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. The pressure is coming from mm-hmm. Queen's Park, not from you. I mean, you, you're the one that's going to have to fiddle with these numbers and come up with something. Can you find 37 positions within that pool for these people so that they know that they still have a job with the board? So a redundancy means that there is no position available for them in um, the full-time pool. Boy, it's uh, boy, it's uh, you, you. I know you've been on the board for a while now. I don't think anybody that's on the board right now signed up for this sort of thing. I mean, we anticipated that there's going to be a sense of cooperation between the Ministry of Education and and the boards of education here. And uh, uh, between a rock and a hard place, I think is is maybe the best descriptor of where you guys sit right now. It is. I think um, locally, that is where our local board of trustees is working to do everything within our power to to save every job and to ensure that, um, um, that, that all of our students have their needs met. Um, it, it is, uh, a challenging time. I would say the most challenging time, um, this board has faced in a long number of years. That said, we are very committed to, to high levels of communication with the public, with the ministry, and we will continue to advocate for our local students' needs. Alex, thanks as always for the time today. We'll stay in touch as this uh, story evolves over the next couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Alex Johnstone, who, of course, is the chair of the Hamilton Board of Education. And and it's important that we go through that because I know that you're going to get spin from the government, from any government. That's what they do when they they introduce policy. Uh, And the fact that, uh, you know, when the minister comes on a program like this, as she did last week, and say, don't worry about this, Uh, we're going to cover the salaries of all those teachers that are going to get notices, uh, you've just heard the math from the Hamilton Board of Education, and even with the, the idea of attrition and a few other things, the reality is there seem to be at least 37 teachers that are probably are not going to be able to find a position next year. And these are teachers that are not applying for jobs, but 37 teachers that are currently working. They're going to be told, sorry, we have no place for you now because of what the ministry's doing. And that's only the Hamilton Board. Multiply that by the number of boards around the province. And just keep in mind what Doug Ford said, that nobody would lose their job. There you go. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.